You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown! You are locked on Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today's episode is brought to you by Pepsi. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've entered another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. It is Victory Monday as the Green Bay Packers dispense with the Chicago Bears 41 to 25 in a game that was never really 41 to 25 close. Not from the outset, not at the end, not ever. The Green Bay Packers cruised in this game, opening up a 27 10 halftime lead. They scored another 14 unanswered in the third quarter to go up 41-10 at halftime and then took their foot off the pedal. The Bears scored 15 in the fourth quarter to make the aesthetics of the final score look a little bit better than they actually were. This is the second game in two weeks where the Green Bay Packers offense looked unstoppable. And against the Colts, they went out and they scored 28 points at halftime. And you went, okay, all of the doubts have been put to rest. And then in the second half, three and out, three and out. They get the ball up on downs. They get three when really seven is what you want to take the lead rather than tie the game and force overtime. This offense kept its foot on the gas. This was an all gas, no break game. And not just because they threw the ball over the yard. No, they played with tremendous balance in this contest. Aaron Jones, 17 carries for 90 yards, over five yards per carry. Jamal Williams, 17 carries, 73 yards and a touchdown. Aaron Rodgers, 21 of 29 for 211 and four touchdowns. Brilliant on play action. One of the reasons play action works Because you are willing to commit to the running game. You don't need a good running game to have a good play-action game. But the defense needs to believe, at the very least, you will run. The Packers were able to put that fear in the Bears and execute in the play-action scenarios. They were able to create big plays. They get the shot play touchdown to Robert Tanyan. Devontae Adams adds six catches for 61 yards and his leaping touchdown Alan Lazard comes back from the injury, you know, played sparingly last week. He gets a touchdown. Mercedes Lewis, big dog with the score. They spread the love around. Seven different receivers score in this game. And over the last two weeks against top five defenses by DVOA. If you're unfamiliar with DVOA, Football Outsiders created defense adjusted value over average. That's a lot of words to tell you they adjust for schedule. It's efficiency adjusting for opponent. Because scoring 10 points on one team is not the same as scoring 10 points on another. Chicago Bears, fourth-ranked defense by DVOA. Indianapolis Colts, fifth. Green Bay just hung 72 combined points 
in two weeks. And against the Saints, by the way, the Saints are third. Green Bay put up 31 without Devontae Adams. The 49ers are 10th in DVOA. Green Bay lit that team up. And you can say injuries, you can say COVID, but the COVID players who missed the game were all offensive players. And this defense, even without Nick Bosa, even with the injuries to D Ford, they've been an above average group all season. Green Bay's offense answered the bell in that game as well. We wondered last week if it would be the week that the Packers put finally put to rest all of these questions such that th- there were a lot of them. And, I, and I, don't, I think there were some loud voices wondering about this. I think there is a cynical wing of the fan base that wonders about this. But Green Bay's offense all season has been stellar. They've been the best non-Chiefs offense in football from week one on. And in fact, in week one, they were actually better than the Chiefs. You put up 41 points on the Chicago Bears. The one thing they can do is is defend you. And they know this offense. They know Aaron Rodgers. They know the personnel. They know Matt LaFleur. And they had no answers. They had no answers for this offense. And in four games against the NFC North this season, Green Bay has put up 40 or more points in three of them. In three of them. They have owned this division. And offensively, they are playing the best they played since 2014 on a consistent basis. And they did it on the ground. They did it through the air. They did it protecting Aaron Rodgers. The only hit, the only hit was a roughing the passer call on Aaron Rodgers. Other than that, he was upright the entire game. The entire game. The Packers offensive line put Khalil Mack on a milk carton. Did he Did he even play? Where was he? Where were the impact plays? Where was the run defense? Where was the pressure? He was not impactful. Roquan Smith was supposed to come in and be a blue chip, game-changing, field-tilting linebacker. Did, did you hear his name called once in this game? Buster Screen was supposed to come in and, and lock down the slot with Bryce Callahan in Denver. The Packers went at him constantly. It was almost like, hey, find 2-4 and throw it at that guy. Eddie Jackson out here making business decisions on Jamal Williams' runs. Big investment in Robert Quinn didn't pay off. Didn't pay off. Green Bay scores 41 in a game that they could have cruised to 50 if they needed to. You can look at the final score and say, well, the defense let him back in the game and it's kind of a bummer. And okay, okay, fine. And and we can talk about the defense and we will talk about the defense. But this is the drive chart for the Packers offense in this game, okay? These are their possessions. Touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. Sprinkled in there was the interception and the fumble return touchdown, by the way. End of half. The, the end of half, there was a, it was a one-play drive, not a real drive. Okay, they opened the, the second half. Punt, then touchdown, touchdown. By that point, it's 41-10. 41-10. They didn't punt a second time until 41-10. And it's game over, man. It is game over. And it's the fourth quarter. 
I mean, they didn't punt until this for the second time until 844 left in the game. And they ended up sealing the game because the Bears made make this little fourth quarter run. Congratulations, hooray for them. Extend Mitch Trubisky and Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace. Let's throw a parade for them. Give them a 10-year lifetime extension in Chicago. The Packers would love nothing more because they own this football team. And they have really since Mike Patton got here, but they really going back further since Aaron Rodgers has been here. This was the 100th win in the rivalry for the Packers. It was the one in which Aaron Rodgers went over 50,000 receiving yards. Devontae Adams, also a record-setting day for his career in this game. This is a team that offensively can play with anyone. They can score on anyone. And when you go back and you look at the Super Bowl and you say, how did Kansas City win that game? They had just an okay defense. They had a bad run defense. Well, you know what they had? Patrick freaking Mahomes and Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey and a really good offensive coach. And when they needed points late in that game, they were able to manufacture them. They were able to get them. This Packers team is capable of doing that. And in fact, they're capable of playing well enough, even against the best defenses, that they don't have to do that. Because it's so well schemed. Because it is so well executed. Because the personnel is so good. And we could talk about receiver depth all we want. Offensive line was awesome on Sunday night. Aaron Rodgers was pinpoint accurate on Sunday night. Devontae Adams was just sort of meh. And he, scored, he has 60 yards and a touchdown. Had a chance on a, on a big play down the field and, and couldn't come up with a contested catch. Had a wide open free play that he dropped. He's been a little sloppy the last month or so. And yet he still has been the best receiver in football this season. And, you know, I, I mentioned it to to Ty Schmidt, the, the producer over at Pat McAfee's show. I said, you know, the thing about Devontae is he's gotten to this level where we expect him, like Steph Curry, to just make every shot. Every shot feels like a good shot because it can go in. So even a contested catch, I mean, the one down the field on the, on the bomb, it's a beautiful throw from Aaron Rodgers. But Devontae Adams is going to have to make a contested catch and you just expect him to make the play. And so we ding him for drops that we might not give other guys because we just expect him to make every play. And and he has earned that standard because that's the standard that he sets. You can't cover Devontae Adams. The Bears had no chance. They put, they put Adams in the slot and the Bears had no answers, no chance. You want to play two deep safeties? Cool. Run the ball. Here's five yards of carry on your head. And that's what the Packers did against a very good defense they rush for almost five yards to carry 182 yards on 39 attempts so not only were they able to stay balanced because they were scoring they're staying ahead of the sticks and they're not getting in these third and long situations you're able to to maintain that flexibility they stayed aggressive on fourth down which you love to see they've been the most aggressive team in the league in those situations or at least the most effective at discerning when to go and when to punt and those are things that matter. Green Bay goes three for three on fourth down and six for 11 on third down. I don't want to say that's the, the difference in the game because obviously it's not the turnovers and and there are a lot of other factors in the game. But, you know, th- those things reflect 
the quality of this team. And it's what makes them so scary coming in 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 December and January. And and this is a December game. This was a cold game. This was a night game. These are the kinds of games you're going to get in the playoffs. And, and there is, you know, this conspiracy theory part of Packers Twitter that says, oh, well, maybe they're maybe they're better off on the road. Maybe they should get the five seed and they should play, you know, the the NFC East team in the first in the first round, because that's the move. And then you can go on the road and and play in a warm weather venue. That's what they want to do. No, they want to play a Lambo, and and they showed why on Sunday night. Before we move on, let's talk about our friends at Echelon. When it comes to getting or staying in shape, nothing feels quite as good as that feeling of accomplishment, of hitting your fitness goals and feeling great about yourself. Echelon can get you there. Echelon offers the next generation of connected fitness bikes, fitness mirrors, rowing machines, and their all-new Echelon Stride Smart Treadmill. No matter what your favorite fitness activity, Echelon gives you a fun, challenging workout from the comfort of home. Their world-class instructors will motivate you with thousands of daily live and on-demand studio-level classes always available when you need them. And unlike their competitors, Echelon is affordable for everyone. One membership lets up to five family members work out at the same time. Right now, you can try Echelon Fitness Equipment at home for 30 days. Just go to echelonfit.com with the code NFL or echelonfit.com slash NFL. Let's talk about the defense. And I want to talk about the defense in a couple different ways. Because... They create three turnovers. They rushed Mitch Trubisky when they needed it. They were able to get the sack fumble. Darnell Savage gets a pair of interceptions. He is really starting to play while well. he leaves the game with a back injury, but he did answer questions after the game, and it seems like he's going to be okay. Before we talk about some of the big picture stuff here, on the first play of the game, it was Darius Smith on one side and Rashawn Gary on the other side. Rashawn Gary on the other side. Not Preston Smith, Rashawn Gary. And my theory about this was that the Packers were sending a message. And it wasn't just a message to Preston Smith. It was a message to Preston, of course, but then to the rest of the team, Preston Smith is a high-priced free agent. He is a leader, and he is a well-liked teammate in that locker room. He is certainly well-liked by Zadarius Smith, who is one of the five most important and, and best players on this team and is also a leader of this team. It was a way of saying, if you do not perform, we have other guys. It was a warning shot to say, hey, Preston, this Gary guy can play. And if you don't pick it up, he's going to be playing a lot more. I don't think it's a coincidence that Gary was out there on the first play and then Preston Smith goes out and has his best game of the season by far. Gets a sack, has the fumble return, plays the read option a couple times really well. Isn't it refreshing to see the Packers playing the read option effectively? About 10 years too late, of course. But those are big plays. Those are impactful plays. Those are splash plays. Those are the plays he was making last season and has not made 
this season. That was a motivational technique and it worked. And and maybe it didn't work. Okay, maybe I'm reading too much into this, but that was certainly the intention. That was certainly the intention to say, hey, my guy, it's time to step it up. It's time to earn that money. And it's time to make some plays for this defense. And that is what they did. Okay. That's the good part. The bad part. They let David Montgomery look like a competent NFL running back, which, and I cannot stress this enough, he is not. They give up, and I I had to like triple check this to make sure I was reading this right. They give up seven 0.6 0.6 yards per carry. Okay, now that seems really bad. And you guys, it's really bad. But, but that's on 16 attempts. And so it's 122 total yards. 57 of those came on one play. Now, yes, if you take the 57-yarder out of there, the numbers look a lot better, right? And that's that's just like life. All of a sudden, they're averaging just over four yards a carry, and and that's run defense you can live with, except that's not how this works. If you take out a couple long Raheem Mostert runs in the NFC Championship game, that game's a lot closer, too. Guess what? Those runs count. And that was out of an alignment that when they showed it on the telecast, you just looked at it and you went, I'm sorry, what is this alignment? And who is fitting the B-gap? And what is happening here? Christian Kirksey, who I thought, you know, coming back from the injury, had made some plays in the passing game. He looks like he's running in cement. And he was slow. When you're slow to get to a David Montgomery run, Montgomery not the fleetest of foot, I really, I really wonder. I really wonder about the about the speed. And he's never been, you know, a super athlete. He's never been, you know, one of those Devin White 4-5 kind of linebackers. It's not it's not his game. Kamel Martin had some had some injury issues in this game. I don't know what his status is. We don't really know at this point what what his status is and and when we can get Chris Barnes back. What what that is going to look like. It's not not Christian Kirksey's best game. The run defense part is, you know, it's concerning and it is going to continue to be concerning and it's not going to change and we know that. Part of the deal and we talked about this on the crossover show is with the Bears and Mitch Trubisky, you're fine just sitting, rushing forward and sitting back and making him read out and make accurate throws from a clean pocket because more often than not, he's not going to make accurate throws from a clean pocket. What I don't understand, because that worked, by the way. He threw the interceptions that you knew he was going to throw. Darnell Savage makes a great play as the robber on the second one and on the first one. I don't I don't know if he really baited if he really baited Trubisky, but it, it seemed like I just got the feeling that he flipped his hips, daring Mitch to throw it deep, knowing he could use his speed to get there. I don't want to, again, read too much into it. Either way, it's a great play, and, and his playmaking has really started to show up. In the second half, though, I understand to a certain degree playing prevent when, let's say, you're you're nursing a two-score lead. Okay, let's play some prevent, make them make them use clock, and if they're going to come down and, and kick a field goal or, or even score a touchdown, make them use five minutes, six minutes, 
so that we can get the ball back and and extend the game and and you know prevent whatever i i to some degree let me rephrase to some degree i understand that that thinking up 30 why tell me why why are you playing soft why are you letting mitch trubisky get into a rhythm why are you giving them underneath throws why are you playing this super soft two deep shell and and playing so far off in zone coverage why 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 i'm wondering why what is to be gained what are you like the thing about prevent defense and and i don't want to get into like a full-on philosophical discussion about prevent but the thing about prevent is number one the packers don't do a lot of preventing when they play prevent but number two this is a a bigger picture thing if you're going to play prevent okay you're going to keep everything in front and you're going to rally to the ball and make tackles. Packers do not tackle well. If you have a quarterback that you don't think can make accurate throws, what are you afraid of down the field? And if you are up 30 or you're up 23 or 24, what are you afraid of? Why not play a little bit more man coverage? Why not play a little bit tighter? Why not dictate terms a little bit more to your little brother of a team? Why let them come out and and put 20 plus points on the board? This is not a 20 plus point team. They haven't been all season. Letting them get to 24 is bad. It's just bad. I know they were up. And and it's going to make it look like the game was, or 25. And it's going to make it look like the game was closer than it was. And then the who cares, right? It doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. They won by 16. They they kicked the Bears' ass. That's what happened. And we all know that's what happened. We watched the game. The Bears are going to look at the tape, and they're not going to say, well, hey, we only lost by 16. No, they got destroyed in this football game. So what is the deal? Why play that passive? Because it is a mindset. And it's always been a mindset. And these things carry over. And then there is there is an attitude here. Now, you lose Darnell Savage. And you got to play Will Redman. Okay, that now you're you're playing left-handed. If Kamel Martin is not 100% and he was on the injury report with a neck, he had, to, he had to be checked on during the game. Didn't see as many defensive snaps as maybe we thought he would. And, and maybe that was by design. Yeah, a lot of Raven Green out there in that hybrid look. We are getting close to where it's time for just Martin to just be the guy. And maybe that just gets sorted out because Christian Kirksey is going to get hurt again. I don't know. I certainly don't wish that on anyone. I, you know, these guys, this is how they make money and, and this is their livelihood. It may be better for the Packers if Kamel Martin is that guy, though. And they need to they need to find some better answers. And as as Jason Hershorn said last week on the show, if they were going to find him, they probably would have found him. <laughs> and uh, that's kind of sucks because it doesn't look like they're going to. The fact that they can score 40 on anyone really helps because there are going to be some of these games in the playoffs. They might have to score 40. You know, If they're going to beat the Saints, they're going to have to score 30 plus. You know, the Rams, I don't know about the Rams. Mike Patton has had some success against the Rams. You know, it wasn't the Packers' defense that let them down against the Bucs. And I don't know, you know, how you can be that scared of the Bucs at this point when their offense looks so inconsistent. And I don't I don't understand anything about the design of that offense. 
I mentioned this on Locked on NFL, and if you don't listen to Locked on NFL, I do the Monday show. Go check it out. It's a lot of fun. We, we bring in the guys from around the network. If you like the crossover Thursdays, and even if you don't, come check us out on Mondays, and, and uh, you know we'll have a good time, especially on a week where maybe the Packers win a blowout game, and there's you know less dissection that needs to be done. There's there's less catharsis that needs to be performed. Uh, you can come hang with us on Mondays, but this Packers team, why can't they be the best team in the NFC? Why not? They already beat the team that everyone thinks is the best team, and that's the Saints. The Buccaneers, I don't know how you can think that they're they're the second best team given the the number of, first of all, losses that they've incurred and how inconsistent they look. I mean, you look at the, the Packers and some of their losses. I mean, Tampa, they get blown out by the Saints really twice. They lose twice by double digits. They lose to Nick Foles. I mean, what? I don't, I don't understand what's going on there. They haven't really looked right in a month or more. The, the Seahawks, their defense is worse than Green Bay's. The Rams lose a game on Sunday to Nick Mullins and a banged up 49ers team. No George Kittle. Now they get Debo Samuel back involved in a big way and, and Richard Sherman comes back, but Nick Bosa is still not playing. They didn't get a lot of practice time. I mean, Javon Kinlaw pick six. Jared Goff is terrible. I mean, I know Mike Patton has had his struggles this year, but he had a great game plan two years ago for that for that Rams defense, at least in the in the first half. And we saw what he was able to do against Shani a couple weeks ago, getting to that bare front. Maybe that's something we see again. Jair Alexander's breakout game was that game in 2018 when he locked down Brandon Cooks and just had a great game flying all over the field. Maybe that's rec- replicable for the Packers. This is going to be the question about this team, and it's always been the question about this team, and it sucks. It sucks that that's, that's where we are now, that Matt LaFleur has, has done all of this work to get this team back to where it was really when the Packers were you know, clicking and, and just humming below that Super Bowl caliber contender level. The difference is this season, because he's been so good, Rodgers has, and LaFleur, frankly, has been so good. It is possible in this wide open NFL, not just the NFC, that they could still win a Super Bowl, that they could still do it because their offense proved once again that it doesn't matter what their defense does. They can beat any defense in football and they can do it with seeming ease. Before we finish up, let's talk about our friends at Built Bar. I've told you guys before, this is the best tasting protein bar ever. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar with 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors. So if you have an allergy, they've got you covered here. They've got new flavors to add to an already outstanding lineup. Flavors like caramel brownie, carrot cake, toffee almond, peanut butter brownie, banana bread, peanut butter, mint brownie, salted caramel, and so many more, all 100% covered in chocolate. It's great for the health conscious person or someone who just wants to eat something delicious and not feel bad about it. Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. Right now, go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON to get 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Today's episode is also brought to you by the Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin. 
With the power of academic medicine, the freighter and the medical college health network makes more possible, more humanly possible, like Aaron Rodgers does for his offense. More innovations that lead to life-saving treatments, more breakthroughs for complex diseases, and more locations around the region so academic medicine is never far. But what exactly is academic medicine anyway? First, it's rare. The Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network is Eastern Wisconsin's only academic health system. Academic medicine makes possible leading-edge primary and specialty care, research to find groundbreaking cures, and the education of the next generation of healthcare professionals. Academic medical centers provide greater access to clinical trials, which can lead to breakthrough treatments and life-saving drugs. Freighter and MCW physicians have been a part of many scientific discoveries of new ways to prevent, diagnose, and treat diseases. It all adds up to more possibilities. And when we do everything humanly possible, you can too. To learn more, visit www.freighter.com. All right, we're going to be back tomorrow. Expert Tuesday. How you doing on Wednesday? Crossover Thursday. It's Packers and Eagles. Packers open up a touchdown favorite against the Eagles. And if the Seahawks go out and wax Carson Wentz tonight, that line may go up even more. And and if Jalen Hurts comes out and plays snaps, that was the rumor. And not just rumor, I'm, I'm understating it. That was the report that Jalen Hurts got some first team reps, that there's going to be some Jalen Hurts packages. If he is the starter, that line is going to go up even more. So it's going to be a fun week to talk eagles follow me on twitter peter underscore bukowski follow the podcast on twitter locked on packers like us on facebook subscribe to the podcast itunes spotify google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts you will find locked on packers and anytime you want to hit us up on the locked on packers fan hotline you can do that 920-341-3775 to stay locked on packers